0: Hola y bienvenidos a la Daily Hustle, soy Enrique Barnes, y Presidente es el mejor cerveza, no abate por No Filter Network. Will the Thrill Clark, not with us this morning. Miguelito San Diegoito, not with us this morning. But each and every single day, we come on here, we salute our boys. Yes, 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 yes. Woo! We should probably give Hunter Pence a little love too for the yes, yes, yes. Oh, anyhow, a very pleasant good morning to each and every one of you on this 22nd day of December 2023. And as you guys know, we are sponsored by Bet Online that's right the only people that don't get time off this time of year are pro athletes and us at bet online with nfl bull season nba full swing over the holidays bet online is taking a this is not taking a second off to make sure you have all the up-to-date odds news and info bet online has all the sports wagering info available that you need with desktop and mobile access head there today to get in on the action remember to use the promo code bleep capital b l e a v to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit also don't forget about our proud partners over there at kt tape that's right kt tape you sell some of the Pro Oxygen Tape, you can get some of the blister prevention, They got all kinds of goodies, but hit the QR code in the upper right-hand corner, my left-hand corner, as I point out every morning. I'm telling you guys right now, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, I did not stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night, but through experience, I promise this shit works. The science is pretty simple. You put the tape on, it lifts the skin, it then promotes blood flow to the area, reduces inflammation, and alleviates pain. It's that simple. And lastly, to focus for the show, Verge. Yup. Tryverge.com is where you want to go to get this. It is a shot of lemon It is a shot of cannabis. It is a shot of ginger all rolled up into one. It's got some honey in it. It is fucking delicious. Talk to our boy Jory over there. He's in Costa Rica right now. Doing whatever he's doing over there. But mm. (sighs) cheers to everybody on this Friday morning. Okay, the Daily Hustle email for today. Buenos dias. Today is December 22nd. I think I just mentioned that to you guys. 2023. Daily Hustle quote of the day. Only those who risk going too far can possibly find out how far one can go. T.S. Eliot. Daily Hustle translation. Risk it for the biscuit. If we want to truly find out what we are capable of in life, it's imperative that we find the edge. And then stay right there. The beautiful thing is that we can actually build out and expand our edge with a willingness to go over it. Sure, nobody likes falling off the cliff, but when we do, we figure out exactly what we are capable of and then have the ability to make the necessary adjustments to maximize our potential going forward. When I got into ultra endurance sports, I routinely would go over the edge of my capabilities and would pay the price they say you only have so many matches to burn and i had the tendency to light the entire box up in flames way too early and way too often over the years through repeated failures i've learned how to manage my effort level by finding the edge and then holding on for dear life essentially I found the level of pain I was able to tolerate and simply stayed right there. Ultimately, this was the mindset and approach that allowed me to break a 47-year-old record by running 106 miles and playing 420 holes of golf in 24 hours. I have never been huge on heart rate training and I've always preferred to exert my effort based on feel. But in this case, the ramifications of me blowing up would affect much more than just me so i knew i needed to pay attention to my overall effort if i wanted to give myself the absolute best chance to accomplish that feat basically i knew i could take my heart rate to 160 and still continue to charge but if i got into the mid 160s or above for any extended period of time i was fucked so I took the beautiful beating bitch to 160 and figured out a way to hold on for a day, literally. Bottom line, find your edge. Do your best to stay there. And if you go flying off every now and again, so long as you survive, you assuredly will be much better for it. So there it is, EB. And by the way, hmm If you have not gone to ericburns.com and ordered your Daily Hustle coffee mug, go there right now. We don't have too many of these things. I think it's right about 100. Then we'll go. It's just a matter of time. Now, if you are a loyal Daily Hustler to support the program, if nothing else, even if you don't need a coffee mug. Who doesn't need a fucking coffee mug? We all need coffee mugs. I need the coffee mug. I want to order. I don't even have one here. But get the coffee mug, Daily Hustle Coffee Mug. It is legit, and it's one of those mugs that just, yeah, you grab onto, you you read the Daily Hustle thing. It just gives you a little motivation, I'd like to think, that not only suck down your coffee, but then hard charge your day during and after okay the big news last night as we get into the top stories yoshinobu yamamoto signed with the los angeles dodgers 12 years 325 million dollars we knew that he was going to get north of 300 the original thought was it was going to be around 200 And then when both New York teams got involved and the Dodgers obviously were involved, you figured that the price was going to go through the roof, and it did. This is a 25-year-old pitcher. So 12 years, I mean, it takes him to 37. If he could feasibly stay healthy for that entire time, you could make the argument, hey, maybe it's a good deal. Not sure. But a few initial thoughts. I did come on No Filter Network late last night just to get some of the things out there. And you know what I talked about was that at what point does the government intervene and call the Dodgers a monopoly? I was serious about that. I mean, it is ridiculous. But if they're not winning anything. It's not a monopoly. It's just a fucking business that is figuring out a way to overspend. And so the second thing I talked about was the fact that the Dodgers have spent now a billion dollars on two different players. One of which just had Tommy John surgery and the other who hasn't pitched a day in the fucking big leagues. Not one day. Look, it might work out for him. There's a chance that Otani goes on to finish his Hall of Fame career in LA. And the same is true with Yoshinobu Yamamoto. But there's also the chance that both, one, if not both, of these guys flame out and the Dodgers don't win shit. Ultimately, in baseball, and this is the beauty of it, it's not about having the all-star players. It's about having the right players, the ones that will help you win games. As someone who has constructed countless rosters in the youth baseball world, I will tell you that it's very rarely ever when we construct what I think is the best team that goes out and wins these big-time tournaments. Every time... We go take one of these things down, I'll always step back and reflect upon our roster and who we had and why we won. And it certainly is not the best 11 players that we have access to. It was the right 11 players for that moment of time. And so when it comes to the Dodgers, they have the big pieces. We know that. You add in Freddie Freeman, you add in Mookie Betts. Those are four of the best players in all of baseball you had tyler glass down there of healthy there's five clayton kershaw he comes back and we'll see if he does or doesn't but yeah i mean based on what he did last year and his statistics he still is damn near the top of his game even though his stuff's not there uh there's another one this lineup is deep the rotation is deep you have. The young guys, whether it's Bobby Miller or Walker Buehler, like this, just a plethora of riches for these guys, but it doesn't guarantee them shit. And that's the amazing thing about the game of baseball. The other element is, and I know what this feels like, and it's not easy. They will have a target on their back. So every team that plays the Dodgers, is going to go out there and give it their best effort each and every single night. It's not easy when you get everybody's best. Again, I'm going to go back to coaching youth baseball. When you make a name for yourself and you're a top national team, when another team has a chance to play you, guess what we get? We get their fucking best. We're going to get their ace pitcher. They're going to use their bullpen. Exactly. How they would just to, it's a statement win for them. And so they're all chasing it. When you go up against the Dodgers, anybody who goes up against the Dodgers, they're going to be looking for that statement win. I would also say that opposing players are going to be looking to make a good impression on the Dodgers because they want to fucking play for them. They pay more than any other team and they're going to be good. Each and every single season. Being good, though, and winning a World Series are completely two different things. When you get to the playoffs, you get to the postseason. You have to have so many things go your way. And so when you look at what happened to them this year, they got in the postseason, they got cold. That was it. And then they were done. All right. Another thought here. That I actually did share last night, but in the video we released, I edited it out just because I wanted to keep the focus on Yamamoto and, and the Dodgers. But Yamamoto signing with LA really threw up a red flag for me because the question is. What the fuck happened in New York? The New York Yankees and New York Mets were both in on the Yamamoto bidding. Well, New York used to be the top destination of free agents. You had the history of Ruth and Gehrig and DiMaggio and Mantle, and then in the modern times, it's Jeter and company. And It was always a real special thing to put on the Yankee pinstripes. Well, the Mets, yeah, they've been a little bit of the redheaded stepchild, but they have pedigree. It was Doc and Daryl in 86, and it was the Miracle Mets back in 69, and it's still New York, and they're still going to overpay. You had Steve Cohen, the Mets owner, fly out to meet Yamamoto in an effort to try to get him to sign with the Mets. Well, both of these teams got shut out. Why? Because they haven't done shit in damn near 15 fucking years. The Yankees won in 2009. The Mets went to the World Series in 2015. But that's about it. They really haven't done anything that would make a free agent or international free agent in this case, be like, oh yeah, I want to go to New York. Now, look, I love New York. I think it's the greatest city in the world. Spent 10 years living there working for MLB. It is a fucking awesome city, but it no longer holds the cachet of being the number one destination to play professional baseball. Guys don't give a shit. Half these guys probably don't even know who the fuck Derek Jeter is. I'm serious. This new generation ball player cares about what's now. And you know what's now? Shohei Ohtani with the fucking Dodgers. So if you don't think Ohtani had everything to do with this, you're crazy. As soon as Ohtani signed, and that's why this is such a big deal, as soon as he signed with the Dodgers, my immediate thought was, holy shit, they're going to get Yamamoto too. You just felt that, and at that point, that's even why I shifted my thinking to say from a Giants perspective, don't even chase Yamamoto. Don't overpay and get in a bidding war for a guy that is unproven. Go get Blake Snell. Go get the Cy Young Award winner who pitched for Bob Melvin. Legit. He is a dude that 100% can be a game changer at the top end of the rotation. Put him with Logan Webb and it's fucking a gnarly one-two combo. Plus, you have a four-seam left-handed pitcher that's got a filthy breaking ball. And then you got the sinker baller and Logan Webb. That one-two combination right there is tough to beat. So, message for Giants fans. Chill. You have an organization that's willing to spend a fuck ton of money. You have a GM that I realize a lot of people have been critical of him. He wants to win. And he's now opened his eyes in that he realizes that it's not all about the analytics. So he is 100% willing to go to try to find the right guys. A lot of times in life, things happen and they're blessings in disguise. I have a feeling with the Giants, with maybe a few of these other teams who have missed out, this eventually could be a blessing in disguise. Okay, so The Athletic has an article here. This is from Grant Brisby. Who is Yashinobu Yamamoto and why is he getting $325 million from the Dodgers? Ah, let's see here, Deb. Anything interesting? Um, what did Yamamoto do in Japan? All right, in 2017, he had a 235 ERA for the Oryx Buffaloes, he had a 750 winning percentage. He struck out five batters for every batter he walked. He allowed 0.5 homers per nine inch pitch. That was his worst season in the NPB. Also, he was an 18 year old rookie. That's pretty good. The partial season was probably his Nadir as a professional so far. As for the rest of the season, his career ERA in the NPB is 172. If that gives you some idea, he's allowed 36 homers over his seven year career. That's fewer homers. Than eight different MLB Hall of Fame pitchers have allowed in a season. In his 2023 season, Yamamoto threw 171 innings and allowed two home runs, not a typo. His career numbers, like I mentioned, the 172 ERA, 714 winning percentage, 75 and 30 is win-loss, 9.2Ks per nine. That's not a ton of swing and miss. It's just not. I mean, you're talking about somebody. That is the greatest pitcher in the history of Japanese baseball. Well, 1K per inning, man, that's a red flag for me. Uh, two walks per nine, it's good, and .3 homers. So he's not giving up shit when it comes to extra base hits. And the long ball, which tells me he keeps the ball down really well. Yamo turned 25 in August, so he's the common preconception is that the mpb is quadruple a in terms of its talent somewhere between the majors and triple a what do you make of the pitcher of prospect age who does that when he's in his early 20s you give him do you give him a 325 million dollar contract what does yamamoto throw pitches mostly good ones ones that get out miss bats and prevent home runs but if you're looking for specifics Eno. You know, Saris has you covered as he took a deep dive. First note his compact motion. He's not bringing the right arm all the way back, or at least not yet. When he does, it's to get him to the Tim into Tim Lincecum territory with the ball held toward the ground at a ninety degree angle. But when it's time to come to the plate, the right arm comes up quickly and turns into an ultra short motion. So what that's telling me is he hides the ball really well. It helps his mid to upper 90s fastball seem even faster. Perceived velocity, yes. So there's a few different videos here just talking about it. Look, legit, I'm not questioning whether or not the guy can pitch. I'm just questioning whether or not he's going to have the same success in the big leagues that he had in Japan. And I think that legitimately is a fair question. So, where do the other teams go from here? There's so much left still on the free agent market. And when you consider that the Dodgers are a 4 billion plus dollar franchise and they just committed 1 billion to two players, does that make sense? I don't know. Maybe it does. Maybe they'll point the franchise value and the fact this can go up and they've obviously cornered the Japanese market. I just don't know if that was it. If I were the Dodgers, even, I mean, another huge pull would have been to go try to sign Blake Snell. Uh, you you got to see him a bunch. Again, I don't... And I, I love Snell. I have no ulterior motive for championing him every day on the daily hustle as I have been the past few days, but I just feel like he is the more attractive option. That's it. Okay. Ranking MLB's top contenders for the 24, 24 world series after Yamamoto signs with the Dodgers. Here we go. They have a list. Of teams here and i don't know if it's going through every one of them but it has the milwaukee brewers i mean legitimately there's i mean is it worth talking they're not winning the world series next year the brewers may have won 92 games this year but there was a little a little overachieving at play there there was merely the latest testament to craig council's managerial mastery and that's why he's with the cubs uh, Seattle Mariners, the Mariners might be, might have the best top to bottom pitching staff in MLB, but their lineup thins out after Julio Rodriguez, St. Louis, even though they've fresh, they're fresh off, fresh off finishing last in the NL Central, I came, holds some up to four finger, a half inch apart, this close to putting the Cardinals in the top 10. Okay, so we're about to get into the top 10. So this is, let's give credit to the writer here over at Bleacher This is Zach Reimer. And he, I think he goes over some just misses in the top 10. Uh, Tampa Bay deliberately doubting the Rays heading into 2024 could end up being an unforced error. They are, after all, the Rays. For all their limitations, they've made the playoffs more often than not over the last 15 years. Yeah, do the trade, Tyler Glass now. And just so many elbow injuries that Rays aren't going to have a bunch of talented pitchers next year. Their best offensive player may also be out of the mix. A little bit of doubt, therefore, seems justified. Okay, here we go. I think this is the top 10. 2023 record, the Toronto Blue Jays. 89-73. and The 2024 World Series odds are plus 1,800. What they have, the Blue Jays should, if nothing else, be a pitching powerhouse. They were precisely that this past year with a 379 ERA, ranked fourth in MLB. And this was despite Alec Manoa's best effort to spoil the fun. As his ERA more than doubled to 587 from 225. That's crazy. I mean, this guy was an ace, an absolute top of the end starter that had a dog shit year. So I don't know if he wasn't healthy or what the deal was. They're saying that if Manoa even returns halfway to returns even halfway to his 2022 form in 2024, Toronto starting five, ready for this? Kevin Gossman, filthy. Jose Barrios, filthy. Chris Bassett, filthy. Yasui Kikuchi, filthy. And then you add in Manoa, and yes, that could be tight. All right, the Minnesota Twins are the next one here. Their overall odds to win plus 2,500. Get into them. They're 87-75 in the AL Central, what they have. They may have only won 87 games this year, but let's not forget the Twins also won their first playoff game since 2004 and their first playoff series since 2002. This ascension has a lot to do with an offense that co-led the American League with 233 home runs and which was also fifth in MLB in the second half. There's the probability, possibility of Carlos Curry and Byron Buxton being the dynamic duo they were in 2022 as opposed to the disastrous duo they were in 2023. I mean, that's crazy that they did that offensively without those two. So, I mean, that's a perfect example of a team that fucking killed it even when they didn't have their top guys performing. Okay. The next team here, the New York Yankees, 82 and 80. And hats off to them for finishing above 500 for, I want to say, the 30-something consecutive year. Just insane to think that they could be that good for that long. And I think that was one of the most overlooked stats of 2023. Because they were nowhere near 500, and you thought this was it. It's over. They had no chance. Well, their 2024 World Series odds plus 900. That's pretty short. It's a, Take a look at the Fangraphs' war projections for 2024, and they'll have you thinking the Yankees are set to be one of MLB's top five teams. All right, the next one here. Boom. The Arizona Diamondbacks. 84-78, and 78, second in the NL West. You ready for these odds for 2024? This is a team that was in the World Series in 2023. The odds, plus 3,000. <laughs> Yikes! That's 30-1 to 1 odds. So they're saying every other team in baseball has just as good of a chance to win the World Series as the Arizona Diamondbacks do. We'll see what happens. With that. uh The next one here the Baltimore Orioles plus 1600 are their World Series odds. The Orioles' fortunes changed for good on May 21st, 2022. That was the day Adley Rushman debuted. And since then, they have the fourth most wins of any team in MLB. I'm watching Tara drive off. Hold on a second. She hopped in her car like she's ripping out of here and she is tailgate open. So this is a up to the moment. Uh, call it whatever you want to call it alert. Uh, yes. Your tailgates open as you're ripping down the street, your back tailgate stuff falling out of it. I got it. No, out of it. Where are you going? Oh, after Ren and Aaron, I'll be back in minutes. Okay. Anyhow, welcome to the life of the daily hustle. All right, the O's. That was the day Adley Rutschman debuted, and since then they have the fourth most wins of any team in MLB. And while the Orioles have red flags in the here and now, they shouldn't be overblown as much as the O's could use another star. They're returning almost everyone to a rotation that ranked fifth in MLB with a three seven four era in the second half that includes kyle bradish and grayson rodriguez who both have ace potential i agree with that okay the next one here the rangers your world series champs in 2023 they're plus 1100 i don't know if i'm gonna i mean that's a good fucking team you're putting them at plus 1100 and the yankees at nine i mean okay whatever so yankees are nine to one odds Rangers are 11-1 odds. He says, even before they set postseason record with 30 home runs and route to winning the World Series, the Rangers were a terrifying offensive force of 2023. That's what no one realizes. This wasn't just a team that got hot down the stretch. This is a team that they got hot in the postseason. But mid-year, we did a big no-filter network breakdown on them that basically said, this is one of the best offenses we've ever seen. They're that fucking good. So look out for the Rangers as well. The Next team here, the Astros. are 10 to 1 odds at plus 1,000. Obviously, the Astros are the Astros. I mean, we don't need to talk much more about them. Then we have the Phillies, are 11 to 1 odds, plus 1,100. Back that up with the Atlanta Braves at plus 700. 104 and 58 last year. I mean, a lot of people argue that that was the best team last year. Whether it's the Braves or the Dodgers, I don't know. The Rangers won the World Series. You see see how this works? It doesn't guarantee you anything. You could be the best team all year long. And if you don't get hot in the postseason, you're fucked. It's just baseball. So the Braves, 104 and 58, 7-1 odds. What they have, and we know what they have, They're, they're, they're absolutely electric on offense, their pitching staff. Is legit, and it's just a matter of them going out and executing. It says even if Ronald Keegan doesn't go 47 again in 2024, the difference could potentially be made up by Jared Kellenick. I mean, they got better at Kellenick. Kellenick's legit, man. I I always enjoyed him. Uh, it says what they don't have, though. Bryce Elder was an All Star this year. Atlanta would be better off if he was a team's number five starter and not its number four starter. Even as recently as Thursday afternoon, this wouldn't have been a big enough gripe for me to keep Atlanta out of the number one spot. But since a collision course with the Dodgers is very much possible in 2024, they might now want to pull off a deal for Dylan Cease. Correct. And then here you go. Here's your 2024 World Series favorites. The Los Angeles Dodgers. To no surprise, after the signing of Yamamoto last night, the signing of Otani, they are plus plus four hundred four to one odds. So even with that, though, think about it. They're not favored. I mean, they're favored more than any other team to win the World Series. But basically, the odds are saying it's a long shot, a 4-1 to long shot for this team to actually pull it off. It says what they have. All right. One look at the Dodgers roster and might have you hearing Emperor Palpatine saying, Now witness the firepower of this fully armed and operational battle stallion. Shohei Otani and Mookie Bats, Freddie Freeman, all in the same lineup that's unfair. As the three of them would have combined for a thousand OPS, 112 homers this past year. There's a drop-off after them, granted, but not too easy out in the next six slots. With Yamamoto also aboard, the Dodgers rotation is loaded with capital S stuff. He has not one, not two, not three, but four nasty pitches. For their part, fellow newcomer Tyler Glassdown and Bobby Miller were among the leaders in stuff plus this year. I told you, Glassdown's the filthiest, fucking pitcher and baseball went healthy he is that gross well those guys just need to stay healthy and then walker bueller has a stuff plus stand was a stuff plus standout in 2021 20, prior to his second tommy johnson surgery. So we'll see if walker bueller's gonna be able to be healthy as for the bullpen all it did was lead mlb and f War this year with most key members due back it should be a shutdown unit again in 2024 what they don't have all right, what don't they have? Tell us, please. Enlighten us. If there are any grounds to doubt the Dodgers, one is that their offense isn't deep, as deep as Atlanta's, and another is that there's some questions about how many innings they're going to get from Yamamoto, Glassnow, Bueller, and Miller. That's a fair question. But that's really it. Even if the Dodgers aren't the cold, stone-cold lock for the 2024 World Series, because seriously, Atlanta's very good that some may think they are. It's hard to side against them now that they have this many stars. Yeah, I it's they're obviously the favorites, but once again, I just go back to the fact that if they're still a long shot, I mean you're betting on a four to one horse the likelihood of that horse winning is like, not great, all right? 25% at best, really. Okay, the – I got a few different articles here I wanted to get into, and one of them from Niners Nation. Brock's MVP case resonates across the sports leagues. I'm the type of person that keeps my expectations so low – so I didn't even think Brock was going to get drafted, if I'm being honest. Now, this is Tyler Halbert. but I didn't think any of it because I know him as a person, and I knew he'd be fine. He'll figure it out. But to see his name get called, I was so excited for him. I texted him right away. I was very excited for him to be with the Niners, and then it was just a matter of, man, I need to see my boy play. I need to see my boy play now. All that he's doing, it's so cool to see. So, yeah, Tyrese Halliburton is... is, I mean, I guess they went to Iowa State together. There's a picture of him bumping around in a purdy jersey. That's just, look, the Niners right now, with all the attention that they're getting, and we could go over the whole fucking MVP debate again, or whatever, I... If you give it to Brock, totally understand. I just feel like if you're going to give it to a non-QB like ever again, it's got to be fucking Christian McCaffrey this year. And you talk to Brock Purdy, and what did he tell you? Christian McCaffrey is the MVP. Now, sometimes you toe the company line or you just say whatever you say because it's the right thing. Uh-uh. I truly feel like he believes it in his heart so the Niners this weekend will take on the Ravens on Sunday that is going to be a banger Niners five and a half point favorites but this could be a preview of this year's Super Bowl in Las Vegas going to be paying close attention to that all right your brain we're a life optimization podcast of course and also, don't like to ignore the weather, which it's 37 degrees right now in Truckee, California, heating up to ah shit, heating up to 37? That's the fucking high. That's it. Yikes. Anyhow, I'm gonna go out there and play some pickleball today. And I got my bee water, my friend, arm sleeves to keep me nice and warm. But this was an article I wanted to share with you guys. Uh obviously, as we all age here, we want to stay sharp and Uh, For all the years that we are blessed to be able to be on this earth, let's make sure they're alert, attentive, productive, and happy ones. Well, it starts with taking care of your brain. So it says your best brain in your 40s and 50s and beyond. You're not alone if you feel like you need more time to remember something as you get older. Forgetfulness is a normal part of aging, whether you're momentary memory loss is linked to juggling too many things or to menopausal brain fog. There are ways to reduce how often forgetfulness happens. Experts say you can boost your chances of remembering what you're forgetting. If you start treating your brain, right, no matter your age, here are some ideas, some classic and some newer to help you stay sharp. Number one, Manage stress. A study published in 2019 looked at the relationship between stress and cognitive function. The researchers found that middle aged women who had experienced more stressful events within a year of the study showed more issues with verbal memory. Some stress relief activities might include going for a walk, cuddling with your pet, and doing breathing exercises or meditation. If you need more help and support with this, consider taking talking with a mental health professional number two here get some exercise that's right elevating your heart rate three times a week for 20 minutes even just by walking base you base your brain in oxygen and helps it grow new cells aerobic exercise is two to three times as effective as any known brain training activity that's enough said right there number three. Get organized. Your brain already organizes the things you remember or have to remember. However, if you have a lot going on, it can be hard to stay on track and easy to forget things. One way to boost your memory is to add some structure to your life. Some tips include following a daily routine, daily hustle, of course, planning out your day, and making to-do lists. Brilliant. Number four. Build connections. Studies show that loneliness and social isolation can put people at higher risk for memory and cognitive issues. Loneliness means feeling alone or separated while social isolation refers to not having a lot of people to socialize with on a regular basis. The two can be connected, but they're not the same. For example, you can feel lonely when you're around others if you find that you're spending a lot of time alone. Or to not have a lot of people talk to you, consider scheduling time with family, friends, or trying a group exercise class. Or check this out, folks get yourself into a fucking pickleball game. Hmm. It is incredibly social. All right, next one play card games. If book clubs bore you and dinner parties leave you exhausted, then maybe a brisk game of bridge is what the doctor ordered. Yeah. Bridge, poker, AC Ducey, whatever. The next one, play electronic games. My kid's got no problem with that. Biscuits all over Fortnite, dude. It's becoming an obsession, trying to figure out how to deal with it. But I like when he's playing it and he's on FaceTime with his boys. That's actually pretty cool. Playing games on consoles like Nintendo Switch or on an online word challenge like Wordle. Tara and Chloe do world every single night or even trying to solve a Rubik's cube might not be the first thing that comes to mind to improve cognition, but simply trying something new, get your brain juiced. Yeah, I I know. And I'm not sure if they have it here. I know learning a language is huge too. Okay. Do something stimulating researchers on a, in a study published in the international journal of lifelong education tested how, Different activities might affect participants' cognitive abilities. The outcomes were promising, focusing on memory and verbal fluency, and people 50 and older, the team used educational and learning courses, books and other print materials, crossword puzzles, and chess and card games. After four years of doing any of these activities, the participants experienced a delay or reduction in the decline of memory or verbal fluency. I need both. Be careful with meds is the next one. If you ache every time you work out and don't sleep well due to night sweats, you may be taking medication for a leap. but be careful. Memory loss is a side effect of some meds. The extent is knowing, but you're probably familiar with next day grogginess. So that's where the Advil PM or Tylenol PM just got me. The next day, grogginess was fucking awful. The medication known as diphenhydramine found in many allergy medications and nighttime pain pills has anti effect, which means it blocks communications between nerve cells, which can result in cognitive issues. Other ways to boost memory. Additional things to consider are quitting smoking, limiting drinking, volunteering, using calendars or notes as reminders, and hard to argue with this one, learning something. So there you go. There's your life optimization glory. All right. I think I hit the wrong button. Didn't mean to get rid of all you guys that quick. Uh, Jason, what's up, dude? Pete, good morning to you guys. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, join us each and every single morning, Monday through Friday, typically. That is sometime between 8 and apparently 11.23 a.m. today. Uh, Times vary, but we record the show live here on No Filter Network and then upload it to the 17 different podcast platforms. If you guys could leave a review, we'd greatly appreciate it. I'm just thinking about it. Tomorrow is Saturday the 23rd. Sunday would be the 24th, and that's going to be Christmas Eve. And then we got Christmas on Monday. We're done until Tuesday. I mean, this is it. So, Merry Christmas to everybody. Uh, Happy New Year's. We'll come back on next week. We'll be back on the 26th. But the next three days, we are going to be off with the Daily Hustle. And everybody enjoy their families and friends and just a cool time of year get out recommend you play some pickle good for your cognitive ability and uh, social functions and everything else so that's it a lot of love to everyone johnny Manuel ramos henderson and Makati city thanks for making us international once again amo chattanooga tennessee and the rest Of the crew around the country Billy in Birmingham Always appreciate Billy And his time and Barbara Out there in Beantown So uh, everyone Merry Christmas And we will see you On the other side Next week See